Hey there, we're the West Slot Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Well guys, we got a lot tonight. Uh, we've got Alex Miller, uh, Northwestern defensive lineman, now getting ready for the uh, NFL Pro Day coming up. Uh, he'll be jumping on with us in a little bit. Uh, definitely looking forward to, to talking with him, kind of about uh, how you get ready to, you know, for the biggest three day stretch of your football life, uh, and that's the NFL draft. Um, not, not to give away anything, but I I don't know I don't know how to work out for four hours. Let alone, <laughs> like I I feel like I could barely work. I I know I can work out for an hour because I play hockey, but like beyond that, I don't know, man. It's impressive. Also impressive, um, the Northwestern women's basketball team just keeps getting it done. Uh, jumped up four spots in the latest poll to number 14. Uh, about freaking time uh, that the voters start seeing what we're, we're seeing up there in Evanston. Not high enough. No, not it's, high it's enough. not. It's not. I mean, this is like, this is a top 10 team. Honestly, um, they're that good. And, you know, since we uh, recorded last week, they went out. And just mop the floor with Wisconsin, kind of pulling away late. And same thing against Ohio State tonight. Um, close at halftime and just kept pressing and kept pressing and like pulled away late. Uh, 69-55 win uh, against the Buckeyes. Um, just on Saturday, senior day against Illinois, a win there clinches them a share, at least a share of the Big Ten uh, regular season title. Which uh, they haven't won since what nineteen ninety, I believe. Ninety, I, I believe they won it in nineteen ninety. Um, I also have to I have to correct myself from previous podcasts. I I was I had been googling past teams that I knew were were good at Northwestern, um, and the nineteen ninety team won twenty four games. I thought that the Cats were gonna were gonna supersede that um, with the win tonight against Ohio State. Um, and set a new record for Northwestern women's basketball, uh, not just regular season, but total wins. Um, however, I was wrong. The 1979 team won 25 games. At the time, it was the, the most number of games that any Northwestern basketball team, men's or women's, had ever won. Um, that team was really good. I think they were really good in 1980 as well. They won the Big Ten Championship both those two years. Th- these seasons predated the NCAA women's basketball tournament. So um, there was no tourney, uh, which is partially why it didn't hit my radar as teams that I should look into. But I did. Um, we tweeted it out a, a good article from um, from the Daily from uh, from back when we were in school, John, in 2001, yeah. talking about some of the forgotten years of, of Northwestern women's hoops uh, and some of the history there. So so check that that out if you get a chance. But uh, but now for sure. If the Cats beat Illinois, not only do they win a share of the Big Ten Championship, they also will officially set a new record uh, for the women's program uh, wins. I mean, this is getting so real. They, I mean, the Cats finally got that jump in the polls that we've been waiting for up to 14th. It's still not high enough, but it's getting really real. And again, that sounds stupid to say, but the here's a list of teams in the Big Ten that Northwestern hasn't beaten Iowa. That's that's it. The Cats are just like collecting pelts left and right here. Ohio State's the fifth best team in the conference, and they just went on the road, and it was close for a while. 
and then they just put them away. Um, uh, uh, at- re- real quick, RPI going into this Ohio State game, seventh. Wow. Right. Yeah. And and the, here's where it really gets real. Latest projection has Northwestern as a two seed in the tournament, which would just be insane. I mean, we're all getting so jacked up about just being a top four seed for the chance of hosting um, a regional, which of course would be absolutely phenomenal. A two seed in the tournament means you get to the elite eight before you face a team seated higher than you. And obviously that's its own kind of pressure to have to defend your own seed. But it's really, you're talking some rare air here that starts with hosting a regional. Um, and with this team that has absolutely shown that if you're not at the same level, I mean, there are a couple exceptions we could point to, but I mean, like you'd be picking nits. The short of it is, if you're not a team at the level as this team, they don't have time for you. And it's such a strong team led by the ESPNW's National Player of the Week, Lindsey Pulliam. They're so dominant. They're going to put an exclamation point on this against Illinois. And then, you know, we were talking before the fact that, and, and it remains true, if this team beats Illinois to end the season, wins its first game in the conference tournament, and then were to lose, they'd still be 27-4. and An absolutely insane record and would absolutely be hosting a regional. But the farther on this goes, the more that feels like a conservative projection. Because I think right now, this is a team that is thinking this freaking Maryland team is still ranked above us, and we want another shot at them to prove who's really the class of this conference. Uh, speaking of Maryland, unfortunately, they, they did win tonight. They beat Purdue by 43 Hua, um, to... Uh, to lock down their share of, of a Big Ten championship for the regular season. So um, the best the Cats can do is tie Maryland for uh, for the conference, and that also means that Northwestern— well, if Maryland— Actually, if Maryland actually not, their last not true. They, oh, they, they still have one more? I still have yeah. one more. Idiot. Sorry. Now, retract, now retract everything I just said. Now, now you're not wrong. They're going. They're going on the road to play the Gophers, who are five and eleven in conference. So, it's pretty close to academic. Um, that that most likely you're looking at a share of the title. It's just so annoying because we feel like. I mean, yeah, Maryland's pasting teams, but I feel like I'm beating a dead horse saying this. But Sam and I watched Northwestern in person obliterate Maryland. It was never close at any point. And just to have to keep looking up at that team, um, who we we split with, is is a bitter pill to swallow. But it's good. It, it keeps this team hungry. And Northwestern should feel like they're still disrespected, even this late in the season. Illinois on Saturday. Illinois is two and fourteen in conference, eleven and sixteen overall. Guys, get your asses to Welsh Ryan Arena Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. It's going to be insane. These guys, these ladies are playing out of their mind, and this is, well, this probably won't be the last chance to see them on campus if they are a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, which it's looking better and better, like almost a lock that that's going to happen. So get your asses to Welsh Ryan Arena, folks. You will not be sorry. 
it, this might be your last chance to get a really sweet seat. Right. Because let right. me tell you, from from here on out, it's going to be crowded house uh, for all the games the ladies are playing down the stretch. They are all going to be a really big deal from this point out. Yeah, but I mean the point the point is spot on, right? Like it's time to celebrate this team. They have. Um, hit heights uh, that we've not seen before from a Northwestern women's basketball team that, frankly, I mean, have, have the men won the, the conference um, I mean, I, not, that I, not that I can think of, but... Any time in recent history? I don't think so. Ever? So th- no. I mean, this is, this is spectacular. It's not every day you get to celebrate a, a conference championship. Um, we're going to be talking to a guy in a few minutes who, who did get to celebrate... Uh, uh, at least a division championship, um, which is a pretty damn big deal in, in football right now. So, I, like, get to Evanston, get to get to Welsh Ryan. Uh, for those of you on campus, they're going to be game day shuttles, and um, yeah, just just celebrate this squad. Give them give them the accolades they deserve. Uh, the Abbeys are both graduating this year: Abby Wolf, Abby Scheid. Um, so you know, there's going to be some some special senior night uh, festivities, especially for Scheid, right? Who who's you know, scored over a thousand points is the best three point shooter in 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 the country, uh, the, in country. the country right yeah. now. Like so, there's um there's a lot to be done on Saturday. Uh, get get up there. Yeah, um, I'm trying my darndest to get up there. Um, I'm, I think it's gonna happen. So, uh, if you're there, come find me, say hi. Uh, definitely looking forward. John, is any chance you might be able to make it? <sighs> I would, sadly, I have to work at that exact time, and it's dri- it's driving me nuts because I want to be at that game. Um, on, this is the the downside of having to work weekends. Um, but yeah, if, otherwise, I would absolutely be there. You're darn sure, though, that because we are in the fortunate place of knowing that there are multiple home tournament games ahead for Northwestern. Yeah, there's there's a real chance that Northwestern's looking at potentially as many as two more home games following that one, and you better believe I'm going to be trying to get to those. Although, again, it's going to be a hot ticket. Those that is going to be a phenomenal atmosphere. And again, just the it's such a unique and not a unique thing. I mean, we saw softball did it last year. A fantastic thing. Hosting regionals is awesome. And hosting regionals in the gleaming shrine that is Welsh Ryan is going to be absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, we're not there yet, um, not to put the cart before the horse, but I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm going to get to see, uh, going to have another chance to see this team play. And I believe, I believe I read this year that every, uh, women's tournament game is going to be televised on ESPN Family of Networks. So. Uh, props to ESPN uh, for actually finally putting the entire women's tournament on um, much the same way as the men's tournament has been on every single channel for, for quite some time. Let us, Sam, Sam, you have literally just prevented me from calling the cable company uh, to cut the cord the next two days. Every time I think I get out, they pull me back in. <laughs> Let us turn our attention to the gridiron. Um, we have joining us uh, tonight, Alex Miller, um, taking a moment away from his training for the NFL to uh, to jump on with us, and uh, let's go to him now. Tonight, we are very excited to welcome in number 95 in the program, but number one in your hearts, uh, defensive lineman from Northwestern, Alex Miller, uh, getting ready for the NFL draft and what might happen afterwards. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us tonight. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Let's get started with uh, kind of what you're up to now. I mean, you're, you're preparing for the NFL draft, um, kind of getting things going. Uh, what's 
obviously the combine is going on right now in Indianapolis. How are you preparing for pro day for, uh, for the draft coming up in April? Yeah. So I've been working out, um, here, um, uh, in Northbrook, Illinois with, uh, at TC boost, uh, with a trainer named uh, Tommy Christian. And so he's trained a lot of uh, former Northwestern players, um, getting them ready for their NFL combine prep and their pro days. And so I've been training with him and things have been going really well and I'm excited. So <laughs> what is, what's the routine like? Like what is your, what's your day to day like as you're, as you're doing it? Like what's your, what's, how, how are you, how is your day laid out? as you get ready for this, for, for the draft and what's goes, what goes beyond that? Yeah. Uh, I mean right now, so I'm, I'm a true senior. So this is my last quarter of school right now. And so I'm getting ready to graduate early. So I still have to take two classes and then I'm done after this quarter. So right now we work out in the mornings and really Tommy breaks it up into two phases, two four week phases. So in the first phase, uh, we went Monday, Tuesday, we're like upper body, lower body, and then basically Thursday, Friday, we're another upper, lower split. And then Wednesday was like our recovery day. And, we're, and then we're off on Saturday and Sunday. And then so basically it's we start at 830. We go to about 1230. It's a pretty long workout, uh, four hours. So wow, <laughs> we're at it for a while. But we don't we're not constantly just crushing it the whole time. We have uh, some breaks in there where we're breaking down, like looking at film of like our running form or just watching, um, looking at the points like uh, Tommy's trying to get a- across to us. And so, yeah, I mean, the workouts are hard, but, you know, like as an athlete, we've been working out like our whole lives. So sure. we're just used to it. But. Have you had a chance to talk much with whether it's Ifadi, Adenabo, or Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, guys that you know have come out of Northwestern, have gone to the to the NFL, have established themselves? Um, have you? I mean, have you have you talked much with them about you know the shifts in the game, or you know what um, you know coming out of the same program that you've come from, what you need to to be addressing or or aware of or prepared for? I mean, um, so I. I haven't really talked much to to Dean because I, I never really inter, uh, overlap with Dean. I've met him a couple times, but the, I, I would say the guy I'm closest with is uh, Tyler Lancaster, who we all call mm-hmm. him. Uh, so I see Lanny. He's living here in Evanston uh, getting ready to train uh, as well for his offseason. So I, I've been, I see him like once or twice a week we hang out. And so he's really been helping me a lot, um, just going through some – teaching me more like a pro like pro style defenses and all the stuff that he said that he didn't know until he got to the NFL. So just helping me get like a head start. And so we've been uh, looking at film together and like, he's been the biggest help to me. I mean, he helped me a lot. We played two years together, my true freshman, true sophomore year. And he was uh, kind of the, the leader for me, the guy that like my mentor in a way he kind of showed me the way as long as I get uh, other guys like Jordan Thompson or like Fred White. And then I've seen a Fadi too. Uh, I actually saw I saw a Fadi actually like this past weekend. I think he's in town. He's getting ready to work out too. So when you're talking with Tyler with Lanny and he's going over it, like what are the kind of things? I mean, again, it's not to get too deep in the weeds, but I mean, this is all the stuff you know better than anyone. What like is it? 
is it a footwork thing? Is it hands? Is it like, what is he telling you? Is he saying, look, you're liable to see this from an offensive lineman that you wouldn't see at the college level? Like what are the kind of things that he's educating you on? Yeah. I mean, he, he was teaching me more some of the differences between like the Northwestern's uh, like what we expect is our, from a defensive line standpoint at Northwestern and what they do in the NFL and how at times like he can have a little bit more free reign uh, technique wise, like, uh, they're not as like, they're still str- like they're strict in responsibility, but not as strict in like how you fulfill your responsibility. And so he was just explained to me how like they d- take their movement steps, like when they're like blitzing or like if, if they're zoning away from him, like how he like punches and sheds inside, uh, on a movement instead of where we would just kind of like take a step cock and rip inside and just kind of, because that way, when you cock and rip, you kind of get locked up, and it's hard to come free. Rather than Lanny was, was telling me that when they punch and rip, it's easier to get separation and kind of get the offensive lineman off you. So just like little things like that, to where to where he's picked up uh, from like guys and older guys in the league, and just a lot of information like that. It's it's it is so interesting just to to see the the minutia of the technique. Because basically, what he's saying, I guess I guess I'm I'm taking away from that that at the college level, you guys are focused on like mastering technique and being like, okay, so your technique is going to be so, so perfect. You're going to drill it until it's so perfect. But then he's saying like, look, now this is a place where you're doing this at the professional level and kind of has to be second nature. And you kind of have to use a little bit of instinct mixed into it. Um, or is that, am I reading that right? Yeah, yeah, Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly what he's like getting across to me. So kind of one thing I was curious kind of dovetailing with that, I don't know, sort of on, the flip side or not necessarily the flip side, but I mean, you guys played under Marty long. Like this is one of the best, you know, um, coordinated D line coordinators, you know, if not in the Midwest, in the big 10, like just a really well-regarded guy Um, is when you're transitioning later and later into your career um, and you're focusing on all this technique and you're drilling the kind of things, you know, is, is he ever taking the long view and being like, well, look, you know, just so you know, like in the level beyond this, you're going to need to be able to do this. or you are going to need to be able to do this? Or are you guys just like locked in on the week to week? I mean, yes, definitely. Coach Long's like a, he's a really great coach. He's coached a lot of great players. Um, you can look at any number of guys that have played under him, Dean Lowry and guys like Afadi or guys like Lanny and even going back further to, Ooh, I think Corey Wooten might have played under him for a, a year or two, like way back then. But yeah, but regarding Coach Long, like technique-wise, I mean a lot of stuff week to week. We're just learning. We we have like our base, like every defense. So we have our base blitzes that we go through in camp, and like with every base blitz, you have certain techniques depending on what we're doing, like what your responsibility your responsibility is for that play. And like week to week, we just install blitzes. And, like, we letting know our job for each, like, blitz, if that makes sense. Like, if we – I'm trying not to go too deep into this. No, I understand. Yeah, you don't want to, like – Yeah, I don't like, want to be – Show the like, secret oh, sauce. I get it. Yeah, I'm not trying to. But, yeah, I definitely mean base. Like, if we're playing base, like, it's just base. Like, you're just getting off and attacking. Like, it's not much to it other than, like, you, you get off, you try to knock this guy off the ball, like, yard, a yard or two, and then you look in your gap, and if the ball's there, you shed. And if the ball is not in your gap, then just base football. But yeah, when we come to blitzes, like we 
we've learned our techniques and we know what to do on each blitz. And so whether we put it in that week, like we just, is we there, just talk to do. Is but is there ever a time? I'm, I was just curious if there is ever a time where he's going to be like, look, and okay. just so you know, it when you're at the next level, they might try to do this, or you might see such and such a thing that you haven't seen before. Uh, that was just kind of curious about that, especially since, like you said, he's you know, yeah, sent a bunch of guys to the next level at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's definitely mentioned uh, to me and to other guys in the room that, like, they really look at pass rushing and, like, getting to the quarterback. And as well as, like, they want to see you, like, hustle to the ball. So those are things I've always, like, honed in on. I don't – he hasn't really specifically mentioned, like, anything that might change, like, technique-wise. Um, just because we're focused more on the week-to-week. Um, we're not – maybe in, like, the off-season or spring ball, we kind of, like – look more in the big picture but yeah during the season it's just it's just a grind and we're just trying to win that um we're trying to beat whoever we're playing that week so, so we had uh kaylin kaler from uh from sports illustrated on the podcast a couple weeks back and she was talking about how the you know the influx of nfl or, or of northwestern you know personnel whether it's at the player level at the scouting level you've got coaches like mike kafka etc in the nfl like that like that's really influenced her ability to do her job and make connections, right, and, and get an interview for, you know, that, that, that Northwestern connection. So it's really interesting to hear you talking about um, uh, Lanny and, and, and how that's playing out for you as well. I'm curious with, you know, with the XFL emerging and the trio of Northwestern former NU guys playing uh, in Seattle, like is, is the XFL on your radar? Yeah, kill, killing it in Seattle right now. Uh, is 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 that league on your on your radar at all like like are you preparing for both simultaneously does that or or is it is it not something that you're thinking about yet and and you're focused on the nfl which is obviously the more premier um league and opportunity i mean yeah definitely i've always wanted to like my dream has always been playing the nfl and so that's always been my goal. So I haven't really thought too much or really at all about the xfl that's that's but very fair <laughs> definitely if uh I mean, I, I've always wanted to play football on a professional level, but I've always wanted to do it in the NFL, but we just have to go from there. I mean, I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't thought at all about the XFL, but. Sure. You know, no, absolutely. We had for uh, Jordan, Godwin, and uh, Kyle, and Hunter, and Flynn. <laughs> There's a lot of them, but yeah, I had for all those guys. They're doing really well and happy to see them being able to play professional. Have you been hearing from any NFL teams or is how. Is, What's the conversation has been like as far as are, are you getting any sense of who might be looking at you? Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing a lot of rumors, and unfortunately, like, that's kind of how it goes until, like, my agent's been telling me, like, it's kind of how it's going to be until maybe the around combine. Like, I've been hearing from, like, five, six teams, but nothing, like, really concrete to be honest, like, and that's just the way it is until a lot of teams, my agents tell me that they like to hide the ball and kind of not let up too much information, but hopefully I find out more stuff as pro day comes along and I'm just trying to get my name out there a little bit more. I feel like I'm not too well known. I mean, like I, I played a lot of my first three years, but I didn't really start really until my junior year. And I only started like four games that year because of an injury. But I'm just hoping, yeah, I'm just trying to work hard right now and then perform well my pro day and then go from there. Yeah, they, they always say, you know, you know when um, an NFL scout or GM is, is lying because 
their lips are moving at, at this time of the year, you know, from after the end of the season till the draft. So it, it's all so hush hush. Um, love to talk a little bit about, uh, your experiences on the field. Um, obviously playing with your brother as, as long as you did. What, what was that like? Um, you know, growing up together, obviously, and then, you know, both coming, you know, he came to Northwestern after you did and you guys got to play together for all that time. What was that like? I mean, it was a great experience. I mean, I love Sam and then we love our, our youngest brother, Ben. And so me and Sam have always been, I mean, all three of us have always been close. Um, his family with three brothers and, uh, Sam and I, we didn't get to play together until my, my junior year of high school. And then his sophomore year, he played, he started on varsity, um, uh, with me. So that was our first experience. So I'm really fortunate that I've had, what is it now? Like six, six years to play with him and on both the high school and college level. Actually, it's five years, but yeah. I mean, it's always been great. I mean, he's my roommate, and then we live together. Uh, so, yeah, I've lived with him for a long time. <laughs> so this obviously, I mean, the two of you side by side have been a part of some great teams and particularly some great defenses. Um, and over the course of, you know, your career in particular, you were part of a really good run of success, and then your senior year kind of, a rough go of things. I mean, the team just, it was just a rough, just rough week to week. We're kind of curious, just again, how, you know, how you guys get through that week to week. I mean, everyone always talks about the highs of winning and everything, but you're going to catch tough seasons like that. And you still have the prep and you still have getting ready and you still are looking long view and saying, okay, you know, I mean, obviously this is a team that, you know, got a convincing win over Illinois and before that had to go through some rough roads week to week. How are you guys, you know, pulling together? What are you guys doing to kind of stay up to get through week to week in a season like that? Yeah, I mean, definitely last season was tough. And, you know, you ask any guy on the team and like, they'll tell you like that wasn't the way we envisioned the season going. Uh, and we prepared really well in the off season. We all, like I felt like I had my best off season. I'm sure almost every I could tell you the same thing. But you know, sometimes like things don't like don't always work out the way you think they will, even if you work hard. And that's just life. Uh, you know, bad things happen. And so yeah, going week to week. I mean, you always just try to start uh, fresh every week. I mean, that's my that's always been my mindset. Whether I like personally, whether I have a good game or a bad game, like it doesn't matter because. I try not to get too high off my good games and I don't try to get, I try not to get too low off my bad games. I try to stay in the middle and I just try to focus on doing my job. And I feel like that's anyone, that's, that's all anyone can do in those situations. You just have to focus on improving yourself and then coming together as a team and not just helping teammates uh, stay up guys who might've had bad games, just helping like just telling them like, like, Hey man, like you're good. Like just trust yourself. Like, you're a good player and like you can play well. Like you just have to do what you're taught to do. Outside out, outside of your brother, are there specific guys like younger on the team that you kind of felt like, oh I'm I'm you know, it's my responsibility to take a role with a guy like this and kind of help him week to week? I, uh yeah, I would say definitely. I mean, on the defensive line this year, um, like Sam's played a lot, you know, Gaz has played a lot. 
And then, but defensive tackle wise, we, uh, I was really the only one that had played a lot. So I tried to t- help a lot of the freshmen that hadn't, or that we thought might play. So like talking to guys like Jason Gold and just trying to teach him things I had learned from older defensive tackles like Lanny or like Jordan Thompson. And also like trying to help out guys like starting for the first time, like Trevor Kent or like Jake Saunders. And yeah, so just watch it, whether that's like watching film or just going through uh, doing our like defensive line homework together. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So we had the fortune of connecting with, uh, with Bo Sizek a number of years ago. One of the first, first guys to wear the number one Jersey. Um, I, was owned the lightsaber uh, that he waved around post game, you know, huge personality. You guys have Joe Spivak on the, on the, on the team. Who's um, similarly large personalities. You know, you, you see him in the videos and, and uh, the fun stuff that, that, that gets put out. But I'm curious, like, you know, with, with you, with you leaving, with gas leaving, um, you know, what's that room look like next year? And, and like, who, like, who are you, your guys that, that you're, you're pegging to, to kind of step up and take leadership of this team, both, both on the, on the fun, you know, maybe, um, personality side of things, but, but also more on the, on the serious, uh, lead this team on the field side of things. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking, uh, for my brother, Sam to step into a more of a leadership role. I mean, he started playing as a true freshman and, so he'll be going – he'll probably end up starting 45 games um, coming into this next year. Uh, but, yeah, definitely Sam. I would say Ernest Brown, another really good player who's played a lot of snaps, and he had an unfortunate injury last year. We were but, bummed when that happened. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. We were all bummed. But, yeah, he's going to be really good. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's going to be re- he's gonna be really good this coming year. And yeah, and definitely Trevor Kent, Jake Saunders. I mean, all all older guys. Sam and Ernie are true seniors. Uh, Trevor will be a redshirt junior. Jake will be a fifth year senior. And then we'll have then you have other guys like Joe Spivak, who's there, and he's always that guy has the one of the best attitudes. He's I'll tell you, he's probably the first guy in the locker room every day, probably by about forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we get there probably at six o'clock. In the morning, <laughs> so that tells you something. And he's definitely one of the last, like he's always in there. I would always see him in there. And but yeah, I'm looking for also some young guys to step up as well, like Jason Gold. I'm looking out. I'm really excited to see Duke on the field first time. I'm hoping I'll get out there and see him practicing spring ball like once or twice. Uh, and I want to also see how these new uh, these young guys that just came in, uh, T. Raw and JB. I want to see how they do as well with their first uh, spring practices. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious talking about guys coming in. Um, one thing I'm curious about is you're a Texan. Um, now you're a much more well traveled Texan than some Texans. You've lived a lot of places, including Texas. But um, still. We're curious because obviously, you know, in we've been doing this pod for about a decade now, closing in on a decade. And obviously over the course of that time, one of the things we've become really aware of is Texas as a pipeline for a lot of guys. And um I'm I'm curious from from the recruit and then player side of it, like when did you become aware of Northwestern? 
when did you become aware of Northwestern, the university? And when did you become aware of Northwestern football? Like, oh, that's a place. That's a place I would want to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely being from Texas. Uh, like, I mean, growing up, like the big schools, like you always hear, of course, are like A&M, like UT. And then, like, you know, you get some Texas Tech fans, like LSU, Oklahoma fans. But I never had really, to be honest, the first time I'd heard of Northwestern, I'd I heard of the school, but I hadn't really heard of the team. I think I'd seen them play a couple times, but I think it was my sophomore year. We were going into the playoffs. It might have been the third round of the playoffs. And my head coach came up to me, and he just uh, he asked me uh, if I'd ever heard about Northwestern. And I said, like, I, honestly, I said, I, like, I, like, I don't know anything about them, <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> But he told me that, uh, you know, uh, Coach he knows was, was interested and he said he liked my film. And then I started doing more research and then I just kind of, like, learned about Coach Fitz. And uh, just, like, seeing, like, how passionate he was. Like, you can just kind of get a sense just from everything out there on social media and the Internet, like, how passionate he was. Like, he was a great player uh, when he played. And just getting to learn and getting to talk with all the coaches – and once I came up and visited, I just knew like it was like home for me. And I'm sure any other guy from Texas or any other out of state school, like or out of state player, would tell you the same thing. Um, you, you talk about you know playing for for Fitz, and you know I I'd be interested if, if there's any stories you can tell us. Obviously, you know Fitz has his persona that he is for kind of the news cameras and and the public. But uh, are there any stories you can tell us about him? Uh, from in, in the locker room, like does he loosen up and get really funny, or is he more of a stoic kind of guy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Coach Fitz is really funny. I mean, I can't really think of any stories off the top of my head, but like you know, we have a lot of things that we do. The coaches have like a lot of jokes, and Coach Fitz is that, like I'm not just saying that he's funny just because he used to be my head coach, but sure, no, sure. Coach Fitz is actually a guy that's generally funny. Uh, whether he's making fun of other coaches or he's making fun of guys, like any, anyone's fair game. Especially, <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely, it's a, it's a fun atmosphere. But you know, he can also turn be really serious really quick, which you know, what you need to have. Like you need to have a coach that's like relatable. Like you don't want to be uh, stone face all the time or like Captain Serious, especially when you're dealing with guys that are. Like eighteen, seventeen, like just coming in. Ah, yeah. So, but so your point is like he can he can turn it on it. Like he knows when to be one and he knows when to be the other. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I had one other question. On you mentioned this earlier, and it it made me a little bit curious. You talked about <clears throat> that you're graduating early. Are you graduating early to kind of like like is that something that is an option available specifically like? they're allowing you to do that so that you can kind of clear the decks and focus on prep for the NFL? Or is this just like a standard thing where like you just have the option of graduating early? Oh yeah. So just, a, uh, just a standard thing. I mean, I fulfilled all my, after this quarter, I will have fulfilled all my uh, course requirements. And so like that, that's the reason why I'll be able to graduate early. I don't actually think I'll get to walk until, until June though. But yeah, I mean, I, after this quarter, I finished all my credits, and so technically, I could stay and take another couple classes next quarter. But just thinking about the NFL, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, I think I, uh, yeah, what, that's not focused on. 
I was just, I mean, it's funny because you mentioned that and I was thinking about the fact that you're, um, what, learning an organizational change, right? So um, School of Ed, social policy, um, and you're a fourth year student. Like you've done this effectively in less than four years. Um, And because of that, you're basically on the same track as your average School of Ed and social policy student who would have come in the same year as freshman of you as you. So right now, I figure a lot of those students are, you know, they're interviewing with consulting firms, they're prepping for grad school, etc. Are you like, are like, how are you balancing that relative? Obviously, NFL is driving everything right now, and you're trying to clear the decks to get everything ready for that. Is like, how, you know, but again, like, how are you juxtaposing the two? Are you just kind of like everything gets set aside and I'll come back to that when need be or, or what? Yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket right now. <laughs> to be honest, I'm going straight. Like, I, it's always been my dream to play in the NFL. And I, so I'm just putting forth all my effort and energy to that one goal. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then, like, I can go from there. And then, luckily, uh, I was I was fortunate enough to be able to go to a great school like Northwestern and graduate. And so I'll have my degree and then so I can do whatever I want with that uh, after. But yeah, my goal is to play in the NFL. Uh, that's always my dream. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's absolutely a, a great dream to, to follow. Um, what want to let you go. I definitely don't want to keep you up all night and uh, we appreciate the time that, that you gave us. Uh, good luck. Um, when's pro day coming up? That's coming up here in a few weeks, right? Yeah. Pro day is exactly in two weeks, uh, Tuesday, March 10th. Nice. Well, so, I'm excited for that. yeah, we wish you all the best. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing where your career progresses. Um, you know, we want to see your name up there on the jumbotron with, uh, cats in the NFL. Uh, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Oh, so that again, that's Alex Miller, uh, former, I, I guess, you know, former defensive lineman for the Northwestern Wildcats and future defensive lineman for someone in the NFL, we hope. Um, all the best of luck to him as, uh, as he gets ready for pro day and, uh, in the draft moving ahead. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's funny, you know, only I think some of our minds just at the present day are thinking XFL only because we're watching Jordan Thompson dominate in the XFL right now. But then again, even Jordan Thompson is probably thinking I might just be playing myself back into the NFL at this point, which he very well may be doing. But regardless, just, it's just super impressive how locked in Alex is on the NFL, um, and putting everything aside and just laser focused on getting to that one place. And with so many cats playing D line in the NFL right now, why wouldn't he be? Yeah, it's so it's so cool to hear the the you know guidance and 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 whatnot that he's getting from from Lancaster, uh, and uh, you know we talked about it in the interview, but but it does dovetail nicely with what we heard from uh, from Kalen a couple weeks ago, and and just the 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 establishment of Northwestern at at the highest level of football and the trickle down effect that that has into a variety of different you know professions, including player. And, um, it's just, it's just really cool to see. And, uh, and yeah, like we're, we're absolutely pulling for, for Alex and everybody else, uh, who's, who's, who's doing pro day at Northwestern, but it'd be great to see, um, to see these guys, uh, you know, obviously get to the next level. 
Uh, also happening uh, today is the start of Northwestern spring football practice. Um, definitely looking forward to kind of seeing how things go. Uh, I, I think the biggest piece of information that came out today, um, as we all pour one out for the super back position, as it has now officially been rebranded the tight end. You know, what's really funny is about, I don't know, a month or two ago, it, it was right after signing day, right? No, so, so after signing day, the dead period ends and then, uh, a whole bunch of Northwestern offers became public knowledge, right? Um, and there were a whole handful of guys that got offered, and, and it was reported at the time as, you know, so-and-so has been offered um, as a super back. And there was um, there was definitely a corner of Northwestern Twitter that reacted viscerally to that, like in the, you know, we've got to get rid of this. we got to go – we got to call it tight ends like everybody else. You know, McCall is gone, yada, 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 and um, – and I guess now we're there. Now we've we've uh, we've officially moved on from that. I would argue that Superback has been one of the more successful offensive positions from a from a talent and development and next level standpoint um, over the last decade and a half at Northwestern. But um, you know, we we also know that that position is not really going away in the Mike Bajakian offense. It is uh, a cornerstone of of what he's done both at college and the NFL level, and. Um, we're going to continue to see Northwestern recruit and develop uh, tight end players that, that can be, you know, hybrid and multiple and, um, and, and heavily involved in the offense. Well, one thing I will say is uh, Bob Hefner is still listed as the superbacks coach on the spring <laughs> roster. So, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> not sure who's going to be coaching if they're all the tight ends and not sure who's going to be coaching the tight ends. Um, Bob, Bob's got the resume. That means Bob has some secret player he's creating in a lab that we haven't seen yet <laughs> this perfect this perfect iteration and don't don't put it past him look at the list of guys that guy's cranked out he can make anything gonna, I was, happen i was gonna say is he cloning garrett dickerson yeah a <laughs> uh, couple other interesting notes just by looking at the the spring roster seven early enrollees uh on campus uh for their freshman years getting a head start uh, on spring practice um, also, a number of uh, guys out for the spring. Uh, J.R. Pace, Sam Garrett, Gunnar Vogel, T.J. Green still recovering, uh, Bowser, Jesse Brown, um, Hunter Welching, and redshirt sophomore Braden Held. Um, those guys are not going to be participating in the spring. So from the injury report, that's actually lighter than we've seen in, in quite some time. It, it's kind of reassuring at least. It is, and it is very interesting to not see, uh, other than TJ Green, any QB names on that. I mean, all eyes on the quarterback position, right? Because that's, you know, that's that's going to be a huge focus this spring. And if if we truly are going to get to see Hunter, Aiden, and um, and Andrew Marty all compete this spring, like that's that's frankly pretty great news um, in my book. I'd be I'd be pretty pretty bummed uh if if one of those names wasn't wasn't able to participate I, mostly from the optics of it and i just i think we need we need to gain as much practice and clarity at that position as possible this spring um to feel good about about where we're going to land in fall camp 
I liked hearing when we were talking with Alex Miller that he brought up Tara and, you know, the early enrollee defensive linemen. It's just good to know that someone's eyes are going to be on somewhere other than the quarterbacks in the spring. <laughs> while the, while the rest of us are, are diagramming, we're, we're one step short of measuring the inches on all of their hands at this point. We haven't, we haven't gone off that far off the deep end. Uh, into Joe Burrow territory, but uh, yeah, it's going to be Zapruder film-like study of all of those quarterbacks. But uh, but we would probably our time would be better spent checking out the awesome early enrollees on the defensive line, like Alex is going to be doing. Probably better for our blood pressure too. <laughs> well, we we know that D line is going to be the the heart and soul of this team again next year, right? Like like this this is going to continue to be a defensive-minded squad and one that shuts down the run and gets out to the passer. Like you, you heard the names that he rattled off. They, they continue to go, you know, uh, eight deep or more on the D line. There's so much talent that they brought in every single year. And uh, yeah, it is, it is. I, I mean, I think that remains, I don't know if you guys feel this way as well, but it remains probably our strongest overall position on the team. Even stronger than quarterback, even better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm definitely excited to see how uh, spring practice evolves, um, see what kind of information we're able to get from spring practice, which is usually minimal at best. Um, but uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes peeled and report as we see fit. Uh, anything else before we get out of here tonight, guys? A C- couple more, you know, rough rough losses for our uh, our, our softball team. Um lacrosse oh the florida game yeah that florida game was rough syracuse uh cats women's lacrosse took a you know had a comeback to take a lead into the half against syracuse and then the orange um uh took control in the second half so um some some disappointing results in that in that space but still a long way to go in both those uh both those seasons yeah, if if you're feeling underserved by Northwestern women's sports right now, I think you need to adjust your adjust your worldview. Um, yeah, get, get get to the basketball stadium on Saturday, and you can you can amend that. Yeah, and there and again, like don't worry, softball and lacrosse will have their day in the sun. Like they're those are two teams that are getting warmed up with a lot of young talent right now, but they're going to course correct. Well, let's go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Pirates, And you can always email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the west side of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scasbo, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. 